0: How about sales plus marketing? Because, you know, it's Valentine's coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Sales plus marketing.
1: Drop this on the Valentine's Day edition?
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, my God. I could just see like a big heart. Yeah. Sales plus marketing. Okay.
1: It Podcast, Goosedigital.org. Who do we have? Chris O'Neill.
2: Robin Kroll.
3: Kevin Butler.
1: Michael Tuxani.org. What the hell's that about, Cam? Did we start going edu. <laughs> we were, dot edu? We we going, were going, going not for profit, dot profit dot now. .net. Dot. Dot. Dot, dot, dot net dot, dot .org. Um, that'll throw some people off. Um,
0: <laughs> Netscape. How about that? Yeah. Netscape.
1: AOL. At AOL. Digital At AOL. Oh, my God. It's a Friday. Uh, nobody wants to be here. <laughs> not true. <laughs> nobody wants to be, want to be here. We all want to be here. Nobody not, wanted to commute it's, here, it's, but well, we're that's all what happy I, that's to what be here. That's kind of what I meant. We yeah. want to be here, but it's snowy, and nobody wants to make the trip, which kind of tells you they don't want to be here, right? They're not willing to brave their life on the roads. Um, we're talking about smarketing. This, this is our Valentine's Day special. Is that what we're doing? We're going we're gonna to put like a heart around it make it nice.
0: It's the love.
1: Maybe that maybe we could do like a stock photo of sales and marketing teams like like hugging.
0: Hugging. Mm. You
1: know, hugging it out, we you know. Okay. Cuz yeah. we love marketing cuz we yeah, and we love sales. Is that it? Thank you. So, HubSpot has an article. It's extremely lightweight. We're not going to link to it in the description cuz it's not very good. No, I'm just kidding we will. But it is very lightweight. Um, <laughs> and it's getting us going. It's just getting us started here. Um, 10 tried and true marketing best practices. I don't like the marketing. No, no. Sales I feel, plus marketing. I, I feel like that's where people yeah, are going to yeah. really want to, they're going to turn off. It's they're going to want to break their laptop smarmy. in half when they read that. Like
0: yeah. that actually. Yeah.
1: Gonna, they're going to, they're going to be like, this is get out of my, get out of my office mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. what's going to happen.
0: Yeah. We're not going to use that.
1: All right. So how do we, uh, how do we work together guys? Sales and marketing. How do we work together? to close some deals. Does marketing even understand that we need to close deals? That's what I want to know. Let's just go from the sales side for a minute. Chris, go.
0: They do now. They do now. As of the Monday sales meeting, oh. they they get they understand. Cuz yeah. now we're talking about, you know, how important it is to get the right sort of uh, so the, the, the I think the thing about what's happening with marketing plus sales is that there's always been this sort of divide where you know, sales and marketing kind of are, are you know, not working together, op, sort of opposite um, uh, metrics that they're working on. So mm. marketing has these sort of metrics that have nothing to do with, with revenue, nothing to do with new deals. They have to do with, you know, something, um, you know, less less specific, something that, that needs to be defined a lot mm. better. So that's, I think, coming, you know, we're, we're, we're getting closer aligned on, uh, first of all, who is it that actually is ready for a sales conversation mm-hmm. once we know that that person is actually wanting a sales conversation that's great but if it comes over too soon and this is what you're seeing a lot of in the in the um, you know conversations that are going on uh, you know on LinkedIn and so forth is is about uh, marketing and sales need to agree on who is ready for the salesperson to get involved. You get the salesperson involved too early and it can you know can be very disruptive to a potential opportunity mm. and you basically are wasting the time of, uh, of your sales resource yeah good call. so it's like you know coming up with that um, that sort of alignment on who is actually ready for that sales conversation but I think you mentioned uh
3: A whole lot of great points there. Like, I think if we go all the way to the beginning, you're right in that marketing and sales, like, it sounds obvious in 2020, but they haven't really had the same shared goals or, like, revenue targets. So, sales gets these targets and they say, this many deals and this much revenue. And so, the first thing that they do is they go to marketing and say, how can you help me do this? Marketing sort of like, all I've got to do is get a bunch of opens on an email. And that's, I'm kind of good, right? So, they haven't had the shared accountability. So, they traditionally haven't had the same amount of skin in the game and focus to want to go do something. So I guess that's the first step. And then the one thing I I hear so often, and this kind of goes to your second point on the leads not ready is very few organizations map out the entire sales process from awareness generation through to like a lead acquisition through to proper nurture qualification. And then like a handoff to sales and supporting the, the tried and true sales process that, the organization requires and because the roles haven't been mapped out and the various touches that need to go into each of those stages haven't been mapped out it's i don't know when we give this over to sales There you go it seems good and then then you have that disconnect between the appropriate time to i don't know transition it to sales and then it's kind of a gong show and hopefully the salesperson he or she can just figure out what to do and close it in a gorilla kind of (laughs) way right
0: Mm.
2: Do you th- and, and I'm just wondering, you know, when, in our company, a smaller company, one of our advantages is that we, we do tend to have more conversations together where we have sales and marketing in the same room mm-hmm. and are more involved in sort of both sides. And I just mm-hmm. think of being in a larger organization where we, you know, we had a, such silos. <laughs> excuse me, between mm-hmm. sales and marketing and and that they didn't, you know, as you say, to your, you know, to your point, Kevin, they had different objectives and goals, mm-hmm. but very often they weren't even in the same room. So running in these two Completely. parallels um, and not trying to understand uh, at the end, they really have the same objective. So how do they support each other along the way and in the right steps? Yeah, I'm
1: glad you brought that up. Like it's marketing, I guess what um, – is I guess referred to as companies having one single department that work together. Which mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I don't know very many that are doing that. Apparently, mm-hmm. there's alignment, which I understand alignment, but actually one big you know department. I don't know if they both report to the CRO or how that sort of would mm-hmm. work. But um, but that's kind of like where I guess beyond just like a um, a funny a funny uh, word.
3: But things have. Because it's a good have, point, like
1: to Robin's point, just in terms of like the silos that we see yeah. in, in these companies, right?
3: But we are seeing those silos start to, like, the walls are coming down a little bit. I think yeah. three years ago, we had a client of ours, um, and they'd asked me to come speak at their sales kickoff. It was like a you know, January mm-hmm. classic sales kickoff at a big hotel room in,
2: mm-hmm.
3: here in Toronto. And I remember really well their marketing team had to get up and talk about some of the things that they were doing this year. There's about 30 reps they'd flown in from North America. And the body language was funny on the sales reps because they didn't really care. And, but then marketing also kind of wasn't reading really the room and they were talking about things that salespeople just didn't care about. And it, like she was talking about a lot of things and some of it was really good, but because she'd lost them immediately, it's it kind of mm-hmm. just went over their heads and they asked me to speak. So I had to go up and speak about account-based marketing and how it's this kind of sales and marketing aligned mm-hmm. approach and it kind of got their attention a bit they started asking some questions well how would this work and stuff like that and I think I do think the relationship for it to foster into a true alignment and aligned approach has to come from both sides but I think marketing should take the lead to say we're here to add value and we think we can do that in real strategic ways and making your life easier you're being like sales but you have to go and earn that respect too. like, no one's just going to give it to you because a blog on HubSpot said you should be aligned.
1: Yeah. And I think what you said, Chris, on the, um, you know, agreeing on what is a sales ready opportunity. And, and I think part of that is, you know, w- w- let's dig into that one as well. But I think that the marketing and sales funnel, the sales and marketing funnel has changed. And we've talked mm-hmm. a lot about how marketing owns a whole lot more than where they should a hold, hold, a hold a whole lot more in the past, you know, it's sort of as soon as there's been a little bit of interest or consideration boom, you know, like you you send all these over and I think marketers probably at scale with marketing automation have been able to drive a lot more top of funnel mm-hmm. a, in a in a efficient way and then you you you're left with, you know, hundreds or thousands of of potential kind of interest there and then, you know, you've been throwing that over to the, to the sales team and it's like, "Whoa, whoa we got to get those Further down the pipeline through better marketing programs, we'll talk about that after. But you know what? Really quickly, this just something to say is one thing that doesn't get
3: talked about when a lot of time you see in here we talk about a lot too. Marketing owns more of the journey. Yes, it almost diminishes the role of sales, but we don't really we as a community don't really talk about some of that. And I think Mm -hmm. I think the role of sales is smaller in the end to end journey now, but we don't talk about why. And one one of the things I think is that it's incredibly hard to sell anything these days. You're talking to Several thousand dollar a year license or a hundred thousand dollar license. I think now there seems to be various levels of decision making committees and stuff for almost any purchase north of a hundred dollars. <laughs> and so I think to to all of a sudden you're talking about marketing automation and then sort of lead gen digital tactics, unearthing uh, like a wealth more of leads. Absolutely. And then marketing automation says, hey, these are all pretty good. Hopefully, marketing's done a good job. And then sales is like, Whoa. they're they're staring down a much bigger middle of funnel if you mm-hmm, will and mm-hmm, then yep the sales cycles have gotten more complex on virtually any purchase so then it's like how is sales actually going to do that right so i think that's why the marketing is now saying well we have to take more of the i don't know end end journey more mm-hmm. of that middle of funnel to really <clears> give <throat> sales like sure things or as close to sure things but i think the sales cycles got more complex and we don't talk about that a lot
2: I think what, um I can recall a diagram that uh, you put together a little while ago, Kev, where it's sort of the, it's kind of the, um, not really ebb and flow, but the sort of the intersection of sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, uh, you know, marketing takes over, does a complete handover in sales then takes it across the finish line that there's an opportunity for marketing to get reinserted and then maybe sales reinserted. And so it's sort of like a, a little bit of a, a back and forth the and that's goals. exactly, yeah. exactly. And that, that's perhaps a, you know, a way of optimizing that journey where you're really capitalizing on the, you know, the, the best person or the best team to be involved, depending where you are within that journey.
3: But the cool thing in that kind of a diagram a bit of a back here, I guess, mm-hmm. but uh, is it's not one or the other in terms of departments. It's both. It's just yeah. it's it's looking at it from the lens of the prospect turning customer and saying, yeah. well, what's who's the right department to lead time. the engagement?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I think, uh, you know, because I'm hearing customer journey, and you know, one of the recommendations that we talk a lot about is, you know, develop a customer journey, create a single journey that ties your marketing and sales together. And, you know, you, you brought up, you know, the role of sales is lower. I think... If you look at the. I think their role is probably from a value perspective. It'd be interesting to sort of look at it like from that perspective in terms of the value creation side of it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think with the technology where it is, what we've said is that um, we can do a whole lot more within marketing and we can develop that, aware, that awareness consideration and evaluation and get and get that middle funnel to your point much further down before we engage sales mm-hmm. but certainly um, having a single customer journey that everybody can agree to that okay this is how we would do it and I think you talked about the, the marketing meetings which we'll get about next on the KPIs but I think that's where it starts right you need to know what it looks like and then I think marketing um, is expected to own a lot more of that top to middle now than ever before. Yeah, Probably it's a scale,
3: right. it's a technology thing, but navigating, like, I think sales reps need to be in the deals that require the navigating, and we know now, because of the complexity of deals has just gone through the roof, is there's a lot of navigating to do.
0: Okay. Think, so the navigating part of it, so uh, one of the things that's changed over time, and we've seen it with some of our customers, too, in terms of, like, let's take trade shows as an example. Um, marketing teams have done a really good job of, like, getting their organizations into these trade shows and then driving a whole lot of, um, you know, leads, leads, leads are basically names of people who came up to the booth. Mm -hmm. That's basically what they are. Right. And so when you've got like when that's called a lead, and, and I'm not saying it's not a lead, but is it a conversation-ready lead? This these are people that are coming up and they're interested. The problem with organizations have, and why it is that trade shows, which have tr- you know can have tremendous value if you use it properly, is that they're thinking that things are the same as they were like in 1995, where basically trade shows were the way you got you know conversations started. Right, um, and and basically the salesperson is taking the the lead from there and trying to sort of drive a conversation off that. What that person has come up to the booth, they may be just like collecting cards, like we don't know what their their objective is coming up there. Yeah. But but the the. What, what needs to happen from that point on is that that is like sort of your starting point of the educational process. They're not ready to talk to a sales rep about, you know, how much the product costs or, you know, it's still we're, we're starting at that sort of education stage. So I think what's happened with trade shows is that people have have sort of felt, you know what, trade shows really don't work for us. Well, it's only because the trade shows are not being used for what they're actually good for. And if you have that ability to sort of put a, you know, know, hitch a sales plus marketing approach to those leads that are coming in, you're going to get a lot better results. So it's like you need that combination of – the um, you know the, the the ebb and flow of the sales and the marketing teams working together to bring that uh, organization to a conversation. Mm-hmm.
1: So I got you know a serious decisions uh, survey that was done um, in twenty eighteen that sort of aligned or that, that talked about sales marketing alignment and they, they actually say the two most popular technologies no surprise are CRM seventy one percent email. 64% and then analytics tools is uh, third at, at 63% and sort of helping achieve that sales and marketing. Um, after the journey, um, what about like the definition of the customer? I think that's something that you touched on there and, and it ties a little bit into education. I think understanding the persona is really important because, um, and I, you know, we, we pitch this this is like a key thing for Mm -hmm. our marketing programs, making sure we talked, we were talking about this yesterday, like making sure that these kind of core marketing fundamentals are not skipped over. Like how do you go Mm -hmm. from boom directly into programs if you don't have a definition of your customer and and some of your brand fundamentals and all that stuff kind of really nailed down. So I think knowing that customer persona is also important because those raw leads come to your, to your um, booth or they come in through the, the uh, marketing channels and, you gotta start to then bucket them into well, what type of customer are you? You know, what do we know? What do we? How do we sell to you? Right.
0: right. Well, there's that aspect too, and then and then the other thing that um you know again not not throwing any uh, marketing automation platform specifically um you know sort of under the bus or anything, but you know I am I'm a, a I am I visited a site, I visited a site and I ended up getting onto a drip, mm-hmm. and I got a couple of drips um you know emails that were decent but I never went back like I never I never sort of went back to the website or anything like that and then I got I got a reach out and there's nothing wrong with like getting getting a reach out from sales but I'm just saying that you know sort of measuring what it is that the client does from the point that they walk up to that uh, to that booth at the at the uh, trade show and being able to have appropriate sort of um, cadence to the messaging is something that you know can be Automated manage it by the by the uh, mm-hmm. uh, marketing automation platform and can 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 really help to kind of bring that that score. you know I think
1: I think if you said content mm-hmm. has a job to do and that sort of also equates to how you would score marketing efforts based on said content so if the content was really top of funnel, like really like, you know, potentially even get going to a broad based trade show, let's say, um, then you, you know, you've got to work that nurture that lead down through, mm. a, through a path that you did design in your customer journey to sort of understand are they actually sales ready or did they just come to your point, pick up business cards or did they join your webinar to just learn something about a mm. how to build a cross-sell email or whatever that happens to be. So they were happy to join your webinar. I had no intentions of ever purchasing. The last thing you want to have is a salesperson follow that up. But then there's other type of content and there's other potential you know marketing strategies that may lead you to believe that well that under these conditions it is a sales ready opportunity Mm -hmm. if they come to this type of event if they come to a high level breakfast Mm -hmm. that's a very very tight thing we believe like we are we are more than happy to allow our sales team to follow up directly if it's a if it's a inbound lead that follows a certain path Mm -hmm. and you know that's just wheelhouse what they're asking for well that goes right over right. Equally, if you had like um, content that you built, mm-hmm. you know, on social media that was way more down the funnel. And I think that's something you talk about is like designing those content streams to say, well, yeah, that's really, really. like we believe that that's really far down the funnel. If you're looking at that type of stuff and you're responding to that type of stuff, mm-hmm. then you're you're likely closer down that path. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, I mean, that that's one. Um, Kev, I don't know if you want to you know chime in on, on that specifically, or if we want to talk about joint KPIs here
0: one of the things
3: i was wondering is um for certain industries like we have a few clients who sell like one product or service Mm -hmm. to one or two specific verticals and i'm always really jealous of of those businesses because it's Mm -hmm. like it's a lot more simple now not to say it's easy but it's it's very kind of like crystallized and focused i think a lot of businesses have challenges and, and we see this a lot too in our businesses there's a lot of people you can sell to and, and when you're talking about in this example marketing automation or, or CRM pretty much every business can use a level of that mm. and so it's, it's possible this organization's gone in I'm defending marketers here but it's gone in and said actually Goose Digital and Chris O'Neil is one of the executive leaders of the company kind of fits the ideal customer profile of who we would target for a particular campaign mm-hmm. and so perhaps they're using this content. Now, you're saying it's not great, okay, fine, whatever, but maybe they're using that to weed out the interested versus not. And you're just part of the flow at the top of the funnel to try to figure out and identify who's sales ready for their sales reps. I don't know, because I haven't seen the emails, but I wonder if that's part of it too. And it's just like not resonating with you, so you're sitting here saying, eh, it was kind of weird, but for someone it is resonating with, they're going right through and then eventually gonna end up in a salesperson's hands and say, hey, this." This is the lead that's ready. The other one's not so So much. So
1: this is where we want to talk about test and learn. So joint KPIs and maybe Robin, you want to chime in on this because I think what it talks about is if marketing owns more of the funnel, obviously sales has to pay a little bit. It's a little bit more, I wouldn't say it's easier to measure, but I think it seems like people can wrap their head around if we give you a certain deal that, that we believe makes sense and... You're blowing those deals up. You're unable to handle, you know, your leads kind of thing. You know, you can kind of like as a business executive, you can sort of understand that process. Okay, that that guy that guy or girl, they're just not, they just can't handle the sale, right? They can't close. They can't close, That right? analysis
3: has existed for, it's a known entity. It's like
1: a known entity, yeah. right? So we can kind of connect with that. But on the, on marketing learning more of the funnel and saying, well, how are we, how do we bring people through? It's like, we've talked a lot about on the podcast before. It's like, well, these channels work. So they definitely work. You can you can obtain an audience you can and it's partly why you know you're seeing these massive influxes of MQLs coming through the door or whatever you want to call them initial interest leads where man we can go out we can accurately target on a link and we can put a you know any half decent marketer can put a crappy piece of something in front of somebody and you're probably going to generate some some level of interest and if you're better at that even better. So then how do you measure marketing's uh, role through that process if, if if they're you know what you said and you well that to me and you you just said well maybe Chris fell outside the stream equally you could argue maybe sales isn't or maybe marketing isn't doing a good enough job mm-hmm. communicating okay. to Chris Chris is wheelhouse they are exactly the type of customer and it's falling that marketing drip that he was on is completely falling short so that goes to the test and learn is how do you actually effectively break this stuff out as part of your programs and say okay well for this quarter or next quarter we're actually going to be testing our MQL to SQL message streams in these three ways and as long as we're seeing certain leading indicators of success we're going to believe that the, the, the technology targeting works and what we're going to focus on is the marketing message is a problem. If if we're not seeing the, right. the the right results from the sales, like do you want to touch yeah. It so
2: I was thinking, you know, uh, the, the KPIs are on multiple different levels that you pointed out. So the first one, you know, measure are you actually, you know, driving awareness, right? So is that initial top level, you know, uh, driving that? Oh, I, I'm maybe I'm interested, but. Um, you know we're not sure about the next level so, so how do you how do you measure that right mm-hmm. so is it is it by impressions is it by open mm-hmm. rate so some of the the or, or even a, a click and and I think where the industry has really changed is that for so long we were looking at the, that the, the key measurement really was going to be on that. Conversion. So someone who said, "Okay, I'm I'm actually interested. I'll find out more." When you think about um, and you, when you're looking at sales and marketing together, um, there should be multiple levels of KPIs that measure the success. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we're doing a great job at awareness here. So now now we go to that that next level. Are we truly engaging? So are people actually you know consuming the the content? What content are they? Uh, reacting to.
3: And then driving responses accordingly. Exactly. Is it, is
1: it, is it ending up in deals? Is it ending up in deals? Because
2: really the, the, the bottom line for, for an organization, whether it's sales or marketing has to be on, on that return on investment, which Mm -hmm. is going to be on those signed deals. Now,
3: okay. Totally agree. One of the things we talk about a lot with our clients is, um, often the middle's forgotten Mm -hmm. in sort of the performance of Something. And what I mean yeah. is, you look at the very top, yep. mm-hmm. how many leads were uh, generated, acquired, whatever, how many deals. But there's a lot of things that happen in between. Mm-hmm. And so let's look at Chris as the example that he brought up, right? So he is um, opening and sort of engaging with mm-hmm. the content, wheelhouse or not. Let's just assume maybe he is wheelhouse, as according to their ICP. Wheelhouse, okay, he's opening the emails. He seems to be reading them, engaging with them at a little level to say, well, he's interested. Don't know what that means, but, mm-hmm. but is he responding and saying, hi, company X, I would like a follow-up? No. So he's falling off halfway yeah. through that, that mini funnel. But those are important indicators. to Know that yes. maybe their content's not completely yeah. out of line, but maybe he's not interested it, now. Not you know what I mean? Exactly.
2: and I would argue that that middle is very often on top, because it's a lot more challenging, it's right? It's it's pretty from from the very top of the funnel, from the very bottom of funnel. Those those are pretty clear. But what happens in the middle when you're not quite sure? Is this? Is there a level of interest? Is there not? Is it is it my content? Is it my messaging? Yes. What's in that middle? So how? Do you you know how do you actually work that middle and you know that test and learn um, that's probably the best opportunity uh, to engage that is saying well you know if it's content, do we have a couple of different content pieces maybe test with that is it uh, our top line message um, is is it a value proposition that exactly. comes through an initial statement yep. and that um, you know that that's that not only does that test and learn help you, Understand and maybe we'll move things through. Just going back to one of your other points, Kev, about having this targeted audience, mm-hmm. that, you know, yes, in an industry where you, you know, your 50% of your customers come from this industry um, and the other one from another industry, that that's pretty easy. But when you're working with multiple potential customers, it's more about the, the value proposition. Yes.
3: yes but this So is how
2: do you uncover that?
3: And that's Absolutely. the hardest thing to figure out. Of course. Out. If yeah. As an as organization, if you can figure Figure that out?
1: Well, I, I would, I would say who, you know, I think part of the challenge is who owns that. And I think, yeah. you know, in smaller or mid companies, you know, I do think it's hard for a CMO or VP of marketing to come in and say, this is how we're going to position ourselves. This is how we're going to align. Like, we have to assume, we have to assume at some level that the company has an ability to do business and that some people see value in it. Okay. So, And now we're bringing on a a marketing leader and it's like, but, you know, is the job to understand the value proposition for said market? And I I do think that's very difficult, but I think Mm -hmm. that's what they're looking for. And I think part of why we see the turnover that we see is that there's not even a shared accountability probably at that highest level to say like, you know, garbage in, garbage out. And Mm -hmm. anybody can go drive traffic. Anybody can go drive a certain level of in volume. Ba- volume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The question is, are we able to actually grow the business? Right? And then that flows so it might be like, you know, our value proposition is not aligned. And these are the key messages. And this is exactly yeah. how I think or we think as a marketing function we need to be going. And we're and I think that's where the feedback loop from sales comes in. So this is what we're hearing on the front line, guys. Mm-hmm. We're in there. And these are the pain points. Oh, okay. So now I take take that into consideration when I go out and realign the value prop.
3: But you know what I think, like, I hear that and I've seen this even like personally in my marketing career is the the expectations of marketing to immediately drive pipeline value and leads and all that stuff is sky high. Eh, It probably should be, but is the patience there for marketing to actually come learn the business, the specific way in which the customers buy? To actually make those kinds of insightful strategic decisions, to then go and be able to create plans. No, and I and, I, I, and I, no, I, I I don't think it is, and I yeah. I think
1: that we're kind of getting off a little bit, but it's important because mm-hmm. I think if you are a mid-sized business and you're you have something that isn't a commoditized. And even if you are a commoditized entity, I think you know that your value proposition, you know, you've. But the product itself is is something that at least you know people buy. Mm-hmm. If you're a commodity, but if you've got a, a business that you're you've built up and you're now looking to, to sort of scale it and you're bringing in a marketing leader, I think the marketing leaders have to be strong enough to say, okay, this is how what we're going to take your value proposition, Mr. Founder or President or Team. And we're going to, through Robin's point, we're going to build some content to really test that value prop and we're going to be able to show that we've got a certain amount of interest. We, we can really measure, to your point Kev, that top and middle and we can see how that's flowing and we're going to hang a certain level of assumptions on the existing value prop that you have, the pricing, the the um the content that we're mm-hmm. using in those streams and then we're going to come back after a period of time 6 months later whatever it happens to be and we're going to talk about this as a team and if it turns out that core foundational messaging and positioning and you know your value prop is a problem then then I think it's like okay well then you got to be able to step forward mm-hmm. as a marketing leader said so this is what I've learned in the last 6 months mm-hmm. to 9 months working with sales mm-hmm. and I think we got to reposition ourselves yeah. this way right huh? Okay. So, I mean, that's pretty good. Um,
3: What have we learned today?
1: I don't know. Where (laughs) are we at there? 35 minutes? Holy crap. Okay. We didn't even know what we were going to talk about. And then all of a sudden this spiraled (laughs) out of control in sales and marketing. Um,
3: Chris defending sales, Kevin defending marketing. Yeah.
1: (laughs) For sure. they do
2: play nicely together, so.
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great, it's something we should maybe pluck off and, and, you know, build on. Um, a few more times and, and maybe look at some examples that we're doing because I know we've as of this year maybe yeah. Kev you could talk briefly about sort of the adjustments that we've made to our own pipeline analysis and how we're running things and then we'll, cl- we'll close it off at that unless Chris you want to chime in on, on, on what Kev says
3: yeah a lot of it's sort of like that journey mapping I hate to sound cliche or use the big buzzwords but it's about identifying what are the touches and stages involved in a entire cycle from beginning to end and then identifying, one, the kinds of messaging content required in each stage, who's responsible for that, um, measuring against it with how can we actually determine if this seems to be working or not. And then mm-hmm. that feedback loop, Mike, that you mentioned is really critical because at the end of the day, we can, as marketers, say we're doing a good job and we're kicking the leads over to sales. And if Chris says, I, I was never going to close this, it just mm-hmm. was not ready then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's kind of what and maybe we're
1: Chris you about. could talk about you know some of the dashboarding that we have now available to us for the weekly sales meetings.
0: Yeah, so <clears throat> uh, I think probably the biggest the biggest thing that that uh, we have kind of come to understand is that middle of funnel um, ownership because what mm. has sort of typically been the case and I know it's the case when I go and talk to prospective customers out there is that once a lead is identified it goes over to sales and then sales tends to own that sort of um, relationship from that point on reality is is that uh, the the middle of funnel is the largest piece of that uh, pie and that is the, the that's that's where your your um, your customers are are actually going to be coming from. The question is, are you providing them with sufficient messaging and the right messaging to move them to the bottom of the funnel? And that's something that, um, you know, a sales group uh, would be very it would be very very challenging for them to manage that large group of middle uh, you know middle of funnel customers without the support of the messaging from marketing and so that's where the teamwork really comes in. So our but our but
1: all but also the the, the visibility through Salesforce or, or whatever CRM exactly that we've built. So right?
0: we've built these um, these dashboards that help us see what exactly is happening within the the, mm-hmm. the sections of that funnel so that we can sort of speak regularly about the movement between those uh, sections and understand what th- yeah,
3: That's the what key because I, I say this a lot to our um, customers and people I just talk to on a regular basis, but I think most organizations who've been around for more than a year or two have the ability to close out something that was going to run a standard process and close a The mm-hmm. difference, though, is running a process that's tried and true that you know you can pull people in the middle there, that it could go either way into a real actual sales conversation then win your share of them. Like that's Mm -hmm. where the make or break on campaigns and pipeline and everything is. And so do you have the ability to measure that, identify it, put the right things for those um, prospects in those stages in front of them? And then can you actually have a feedback loop where there's sales and marketing together weekly talking about what's going on, what's needed? to a degree, everyone's kind of a bit unique in what kind of message they need. But how do we standardize and bucket? Like that's the make or break between a good organization and a really good one in terms of efficiencies with sales closing.
1: Cool. All right. It's marketing. It's marketing oh. 101. Are we spo- are we going to name this marketing. one Smart oh, oh, marketing. Marketing.
0: marketing 101 Valentine's edition? Valentine's sales marketing? Sales love marketing.
1: 101. I feel like that's a keyword. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a keyword we should do, we should latch on Spare. to. It's got some volume. All right. No love there. Thanks guys. No love. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Later.